watch the old year die with a fond goodbye and our hopes as high as a kite. How can our love go wrong if we start the new Everybody, happy New Year's Eve. Happy New Year's Eve. This is Heidi St. John, and thanks for joining me today at Off the Bench. Today is Thursday, December 31st. It's the night before the first day of the new year, the last night of 2020. Moment of silence. You made it. You made it to the end of 2020. To the end of the the year of the Rona, all of it. Stick around, you guys. I think you're going to be encouraged. So I'm glad you guys are here. I thought about, you know, uh, it's New Year's Eve, and I know a lot of you are doing, you know, a lot of you don't do anything on New Year's Eve. And as I've gotten older, I I will confess, I have enjoyed it less and less. Because I'm the girl who's like, I want to go to bed earlier. I don't want to stay up the midnight, you know, unless I'm reading a good book in my bed. But uh, just this night, we're going to do a little bit different. I told you yesterday, we're just going to stay up just to make sure that 2020 gets put to bed. <laughs> never even when we're like, never talk about it again. Never speak of 2020. Never again. We're going to, we just need to be done. But there are, we have a lot of reasons to be hopeful I think for 2021 and our hope, uh, it doesn't, it's not because of a vaccine, goodness knows, right? Our hope comes from the Lord. As, as believers, we look at things differently, or we should look at things differently than the world does. I was thinking about this, just, you know, hope for 2021 and this sort of general unhopeful, <laughs> you know, ness that we, we tend to to see in the culture right now. But our hope doesn't come from the world, just like health doesn't come from a mask and a needle. Our hope doesn't come from a vaccine. It doesn't come from a politician. It doesn't, our hope is, is found in the Lord. And if there's anything that 2020 taught us, uh, at least to me, that's it. First Peter chapter one, verse 13 says, prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Wow. All your hope in the Lord. But I love that before that he says, prepare your minds for action. And that really has been the theme for 2020 at the podcast. My, uh, you know, renaming it, if you guys noticed, I sort of snuck that retitle in you know, off the bench, because I want to encourage you off the bench and onto the battlefield. We were not born into this world to sit here and wait to die. We weren't born to make a bunch of money. We weren't born to, you know, have children so we can give them to other people to raise. We were born to be ambassadors for the Lord Jesus. And this is why Peter's saying, you know, get your minds ready for action, exercise self-control. And as I look into 2021, I've, I've already made a list of things as I spend, you know, time with the Lord. And it's like, you know, what, Lord, you know, what do you want me to do? 
in 2021. And there are already some things, Father, show me what is the sin issue in my life or the sins, whatever that the struggles in my life, they start out as a struggle and they just turn into sin because I ignore them or because I think, oh, you know what? It doesn't matter. Or I use the excuse of whatever the excuse is, you know, I'm discouraged, I'm tired. And so I don't do the thing that I know I'm supposed to do. You guys know what I'm talking about? Everybody ever feel that way? Is it just me? Tell me it's not. But I heard someone say the other day that the situation that we're in politically is hopeless. And the situation that we're in with the Rona is, um, you know, she said, you just, you know, get used to the new normal because it's hopeless, this idea of going back. Well, guess what, you guys? You know, when uh, my nephew, Bobby, was involved in that horrible accident several years ago, that's what they told us. They said his situation is hopeless. Hopeless. That's what we heard over and over again. That's what the doctors told us. They said his brain is non-responsive and people don't recover from these kinds of injuries. Now, that's what we're saying. People don't recover from the massive political hijacking we've had of our election process. Um, I, you know, I never thought I would say this, but I know that should Joe Biden ascend to the highest office in the land, he'll be there illegitimately. I know it. I know it in my heart that he didn't get more votes than Barack Obama did. I know it. But is it hopeless? No. And guess what? You guys, God loves these kinds of odds. He loves them. He loves the Red Sea kind of odds. He likes the odds that that uh, my nephew presented him with when they took him to the hospital in an ambulance three years ago. Broken neck, broken back, broken bones everywhere, brain injury. Those are the kind of things that God loves because God can do anything. And if there's one thing that I've learned, particularly through that, it's this. There is always hope with God. We serve a God of hope. So whether it's Lazarus's lifeless body that was laid in the tomb or my nephew lying comatose in the hospital or the Rona or a country that really is has a lot of believers in it. The United States has so many believers here. I know that a lot of you are listening to this in the UK and you're like, don't leave us out. I know there are a lot of people listening all over the world. God's not done. Nothing is too difficult for him. And there are no circumstances that we will ever encounter where God cannot exercise his will. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. God healed my nephew. God is the one who can bring revival around in this country. And so as we look at ahead for 2021, I just want to encourage you away from feeling hopeless and urge you again to begin to read scripture. God's word is a continuous testimony of hope from Genesis to Revelation. And when we start to sink into this position of hopelessness, we actually side with the adversary. Did you know that? So don't side with him. Don't side with the enemy and give up the hope that the Lord wants to give you. God is a God of hope. Philippians 1 6, I am certain that God, who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ comes. 
And when you need to remember what the source of your hope is, your hope, your the source of your hope is the Lord. It's not in a political process. Are we praying for the politicians right now? Yes. Are we praying for the judges and the people who are looking into election fraud and widespread, you know, malarkey? Yes. But God can do anything. God can heal broken marriages. God can restore broken bodies. Does he choose not to sometimes? Yes. Are we going to go through suffering? Uh, yes, I imagine that we are, but my hope is in the Lord. Psalm thirty-three twenty. we put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Romans 15, 13, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. If you notice this theme over and over in the Bible, why do we overflow with hope? Because of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of God in us through the Holy Spirit. And this is Paul in the book of Romans saying, listen, I pray that God, who is the source of hope, is going to fill you up completely with joy and peace. Why? Because you trust in him. And if we don't trust in him, you guys, we're hurting. The church has been sifted this year, painfully so. But you know what's happening? We're starting to see a refining a refining reflection from the refiner's fire. The wheat and the tares being separated. I have watched as th- literally thousands of you now are studying the Bible with me. A lot of you teenagers, I'm so thankful. By the way, we are starting a brand new component that's just for teens. So as we talk about things that are happening in the culture, as we relate them through the Bible studies that we're doing, we're going to have a special study guide that's just for the teens that will hopefully hit on some of the things that they're thinking about. My son, who's a sophomore uh, at Portland Bible College right now, studying to be a pastor himself, and I approached him a couple of, uh, I don't know, it's been a while ago now, and I just said, hey, would you be interested in 2021 in coming alongside and writing a uh, a portion of the Bible study, particularly aimed at teens. And he was thrilled to do that because that's what he's studying to do in school and loves doing it. And so I'll be working with him along with some other of our writing team, but we're excited to bring that to you. We want you guys to study God's word, study to show yourself an approved workman who doesn't need to be shamed, who rightly divides God's word. And then you can also rightly apply it to your life. And no matter what happens around us, no matter the Rona, no matter uh, the lockdowns, no matter the mask mandates, no matter the fact that the government just you know took nine months of your money and now wants to give you $2,000 as if that's going to help, my hope doesn't come from the government. It doesn't come from their stimulus checks. It doesn't. The Bible teaches us that when the righteous are in power, the people rejoice. But when the wicked are in power, they groan and boy, we're watching that happen right now. We're really watching it. And I'm just going to continue, continue, continue to just encourage you guys, put your hope and trust in the Lord. Don't put it in anything except for him. Get your families up early in the morning, start studying God's word. You guys can download my scripture writing challenge. It's a little guide that I've been publishing every single month for the last five years. It's like a buck 99 a month. And uh, it's a great way for you to support the ministry. And for, you know, I don't know, $10 more, you can get the whole Bible study. So it's a brand new Bible study. It drops on the first Monday of every month. And uh, I think you guys will be encouraged. 
In fact, I know you will be. So check it out. Momstrong International. And let's, for 2021, you guys, let's put our hope in the Lord. Let's put our hope in him. Let's trust him with everything we have inside of us. Let's say, Lord, we, we, don't, we don't know what's around the corner, but we know that you do. We know that you do. And so let's start the new year off right. We start the new year off right by saying, Lord, we, we're going to bend to your will. And for some of us, that means getting rid of old habits. For some of you, that means changing the way that you eat this year. For some of you, it means changing what you put into your bodies. And for others, it means changing what you put into your mind and what you allow yourself to consume. For some of you, it's going to mean uh, being intentional about the discipleship of your kids. There are always things, right? There are always things that we can do that draw us into closer relationship with the Lord. But nothing is ever hopeless with God. Nothing. And even if we end up dying, and we will, because this life is, wait for it, terminal. Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is what? Gain. It's gain. And so be encouraged. God is on his throne. It's never hopeless with the Lord. And I want you guys to be encouraged in that as we seek to just go, okay, Lord, we don't know what's going on in 2020, but we know that you do. We know that you do. All right, I'm going to answer a couple of your questions today on this New Year's Eve as you guys are making some appetizers. I'm going to my sister's house. My sister Haley, she is the, that girl's a party in a box. She's always like, you know, party. <laughs> so I'm going to her house. It's going to be good. It's going to be real good. All right. So this one comes in from Rachel. She wants to talk about Romans 13. She says, dear Heidi, thank you so much for continuing to speak the truth. Your podcast brings reason to a world of chaos and confusion. I have a comment and a question for you. My comment is this. I have heard you and other people complain about against Costco's rigid mask policy. In this fight for our freedoms, we sometimes confuse business owners and government authority. Costco, as a business and property owner, has every right to enforce their mask mandate on their property. This is one of the freedoms of living in the USA. But we also have the same freedom to choose where we shop and what businesses we support. So instead of complaining and refusing to comply with Costco's policies, what if we all chose to support small businesses that are the victims of restrictive government policies? We need to be smarter than Costco policies. Loss of income at Costco will speak much louder to them than a refusal to comply with their mask policy. And then let's take that energy and apply it toward fighting the unconstitutional policies that our local and state governments are trying to enforce. An act of defiance against our government leaders is wasted when it's carried out against Costco. This distraction of business policy drains our energy from challenging lawmakers as they try to legislate our private and spiritual lives. Let's be united in making a difference where it truly matters. And I could not, Rachel, agree with you more. I actually quit going to Costco. I don't go anymore for that reason. And uh, I won't actually go to any store that makes me wear a mask where that's, you know, horrifyingly awful. Nordstrom is another one, for goodness sake. They're crazy at Nordstrom. Crazy. Certifiable. My sister, one of my sisters, I told you I have five sisters. One of my sisters was in Nordstrom right before Christmas and she was wearing a face shield. And uh, 
somebody, you know, a, a Nordstrom employee just, you know, yelled at her, embarrassed her, you know, you need to wear a mask under your facial, whatever. So my sister just took all of her stuff back and said, I don't want any of this. I'm never shopping here again. That was her way. I mean, she was trying to comply, but when they, when it was clear that they were going to be ridiculous and I told her, I said, dude, the Nordstrom rack is that way. I haven't been in anything. I'm saving so much money this year. Of course, not making as much money as I normally do, but I'm saving a lot of money because I'll tell you what, uh, Costco's expensive. Even though it's a good deal, you spend a lot of money there. Am I right? Amen. Yes. So Rachel, I agree with you about that. And then you had a question. You said, um, I hear you referred to sloppy agape and a wrong interpretation of Romans 13, but I don't know how to refute the argument that not submitting to the government mandates goes against scripture. The reasoning goes something like this, wearing masks and accommodating government in their other restrictions is not asking us to go against the Bible. When Paul penned Romans 13, the Roman government was very anti-Christian. If his words applied to believers, then they also apply to us today. I understand how people can reach this conclusion, but it doesn't seem right to me. I've never been able to come up with a scriptural response to justify my choice to resist government policies around the coronavirus. Can you shed some light on this? So here's what I think. And I would encourage you to go back and listen to Rick Green because we've talked about this ad nauseum. So go back and listen to my conversation with Rick Green. You can listen to my conversation with Bill Jack, who's also talking about the same thing. The Bible says that the government Governments have been put in place to help the people. When governments become oppressive, like they were in the time of Paul, and when Paul penned Romans 13, Paul and Silas, you'll remember, got thrown in prison and they were like, don't do the thing. And then what they do? They went right out and did it again. And when they were able to get out of prison, when an earthquake came, they were they were able to leave. They didn't just run away. They're like, no, we're 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 in here uh falsely. I'm a Roman citizen. You don't actually get to treat me like this. I want you to take me out of the prison. I want people to see it. He basically, that was his equivalent of calling the news, right? So the government has been instituted by God for the protection of the people. The government's role is not to, uh, the government's role is never to say that you can't go to church. It's never to say, well, we're doing this for your health. There's a virus with a 99.9% survival rate, so therefore you can't open your business. These are things that the government is doing is wrong. And this idea that Christians are supposed to bend to the will of of the government because of Romans 13, no matter what they do. So I suppose this logic that these churches are using would say, well, if as long as they don't do something that's clearly anti-biblical, so in other words, they can do whatever they want. They can shut down your business because that's not in the Bible. I didn't read about that in the Bible. So if the, if the government says close your business, you better close your business. These are the same lousy excuses that were used during the Holocaust. And I'm not trying to be uh, dramatic here, but it's completely true. When Christians did not interfere because it was the government's right to say who they did and did not want to have uh, as citizens of their nation, of their nation. When you watch and you see that your government is acting tyrannically for you and this idea that somehow our freedom doesn't matter is ridiculous to me. I was talking to my daughter about this the other day. I will go to my grave defending my freedom. I don't worship it as if it was uh, as if it was God or think more highly of it than my relationship with the Lord Jesus, but I also don't believe that it's not important. And I hear Christians saying this all the time. And when I say it's a sloppy agape, that when you apply Romans 13 and and basically you say, hey, whatever they do, well, then what do you do with uh, abortion? We're not even doing a good job in that department. Christians belong in the public square. We are called to take the light of Jesus Christ into every area, every sphere of influence, into the schools, into the government, into medicine, for goodness sake. And when we don't do it, and frankly, it's an excuse for cowardice. I've never seen 
and this is part of my frustration with 2020. And frankly, I'm starting to just thank God for it. Thank you, God, that people's eyes are being opened about people who stand behind the pulpits every day. And they put out their radio shows and their fancy blogs, but really they don't know you at all. And they live with the spirit of fear. And it's not the Lord. And so I do not look, the, the, the Constitution, if we're talking about Romans 13, then let's submit ourselves to the Constitution. And the Constitution is the law of the land that we call home here in the United States. And the Constitution is being violated. And frankly, it's being violated in the UK right now. They also have a Constitution. And so the Constitution is being violated. These governors, they work for you, not the other way around. And so that's why I call it sloppy goppy. It's a sloppy interpretation of Romans 13. And so, Rachel, I hope that helps. That was a great question. I was glad I could uh, get it in here on this uh, New Year's Eve night. Really quickly before I leave, I want to give a shout out to Alyssa from Katy, Texas. Thank you, Alyssa, for supporting the podcast. Carrie from Banks, Oregon. Carrie, Oregon girl. Thank you so much. And finally, Jennifer from Springdale, Arkansas, who said, I'm so thankful for your podcast and the encouragement it gives me every morning before I start our homeschool day. Stay strong and keep up the good work. Jennifer, you encourage the socks right off of us this year. Thank you so much for that. You guys, we we are thankful for you. And on this last day, if you would be, if, if the Lord has burdened you or you are thankful for this ministry, this is the last day of the year to make a donation to the nonprofit organization. Uh, we use the studio at Firmly Planted Family and they could use your donations. We are on the cusp right now of launching out to try to help people start homeschool resource centers like this one that Jay and I started. We'd like to see them all over the United States and in fact, around the world, because we believe it is a viable alternative to the garbage and the indoctrination and the sinful, wicked teachings that are being pushed on our children via the government school system. So if you guys are interested in helping us do that and can make a donation to Firmly Planted or to Heidi St. John, either one of those things, you can uh, link back to them in the show notes today. As always, we'd love to hear from you. You can write to me, Heidi St. John, care of Firmly Planted Family, 11100 Northeast 34th Circle, Vancouver, Washington, 98682. Have a great New Year's Eve, you guys. Stay safe and I'll see you tomorrow back here on Friday at the corner of faith and culture. We love you guys. Have a great night. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.